Welcome to the New Rules of Investing Radio. I'm your host, Zach Miller, and this is a place where we discuss tools, tips, and technologies to help build your financial practice. Today's guest is Wayne Breitbart. He's the author of The Power Formula for LinkedIn Success, Kickstart Your Business, Brand, and Job Search. It's one of the top-selling, it probably is the top-selling book on LinkedIn on Amazon. That's why I came across Wayne. I wanted to learn about the power of LinkedIn in terms of our ability to both network and to prospect, and Wayne is definitely an expert. I hope you enjoy the conversation with him. Thanks again for listening to us, and hopefully we'll be back at you soon. Have a great holiday, and uh, make sure you check out my website, www.newrulesofinvesting.com. We have lots of great tools, tips, uh, and even technologies to help you build your financial practice. So come on over and sign up for the free newsletter, and uh, we'll be back in touch with you soon. So can you start by introducing yourself and your background? Sure. Uh, my name is Wayne Breitbarth, and I am the owner of M&M Office Interiors, a full-service interior design office furniture dealership here in southeastern Wisconsin. That's my day job. I'm also a CPA, and as part of my job as owner, I do all the books and that kind of good stuff. But my night job, and turning out to be a little more than that, is helping organizations and individuals with their LinkedIn strategy. And it really started a couple of years ago when I finally stumbled on the power of LinkedIn from there. I just started training my sales folks how to use LinkedIn to sell more office furniture, and one thing leads to another. The next thing you know, everybody, at least in this part of the country, sees me as the LinkedIn guru because I just I have a knack for sort of using experiences and stories to help people uh, sort of connect the dots between what they're doing and how LinkedIn might be able to help them. And earlier this year, I we, uh, my wife and I wrote a book on LinkedIn, which we'll talk about a little later, I'm sure, called The Power Formula for LinkedIn Success. And So now I'm, I'm sort of part-time in my office furniture business here, but also part-time out, out in the world um, helping people with LinkedIn. That's an awesome story. So I'm curious, how did you stumble onto LinkedIn? What was, what was the genesis of that? Yeah, and I, should, I, I shouldn't even use the word stumble because what it was was I had a really good friend who – hounded me week after week about joining LinkedIn. and uh, wh- I mean, What year I, was this? This was about four years ago. Okay. And he, I mean, I'm glad he was so diligent because I was blowing him off weekly. It was actually happening after church on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And um, finally, I, I tried it after one of his appeals when I got stuck in a hotel room in another part of the country with a bunch of meetings and I had a little time on my hands and it was about 40 minutes into that investigation from that hotel room that I thought oh my gosh I think he was right and uh, so it really wasn't a stumble it was him being persistent because you know I at that time I was 50 years old and I mm-hmm. thought you know what I don't want another set of emails my kids are doing social media I hate the computer and I don't want to learn anything new you know I'm 50 you know and I think I, a lot of people that whole story resonates with them that you know it's something new and different and it's sort of a especially those of us that are baby boomers at our age we say we shouldn't have to learn anything new we should have our feet up on our desk and just kick back and well life is not that simple these days and this economy is not giving us kickback time it's you know the the world's telling us you better sort of re-engineer and come up with new tools and techniques and new relationships and so it just seemed like it was sort of like a perfect storm for me that all these things are happening, a business slowed down and all that kind of stuff that I thought, maybe this is the thing I'm supposed to do, not necessarily teach LinkedIn, but use LinkedIn to leverage my network to, 
to succeed at whatever I'm doing, whether it's my office furniture business, my LinkedIn business, or even help the, uh, several nonprofits that I'm involved in. I mean, I use LinkedIn for all of those things. So, so what was uh, it originally, I, Wayne, though, that, that your friend kept hounding you about? What was the power that oh, he was trying to, what it to was, you? Yeah, here, here's what the aha moment was. The aha moment was using the advanced people searching. Okay. That, that was it. I mean, when I saw that you could plug in there certain keywords about a person – like for us, you know, we like to meet facilities people because they buy a lot of chairs and cubicles and stuff. When I saw that you could punch in there facilities in a person's title in the Milwaukee area and see not only the facilities people you already knew, but the facilities people your friends knew and then your friends' friends knew, to me that was they were like, oh, my gosh, it can do that for you? That is really cool. So it, from that perspective, do you just see LinkedIn as like the world's best people search engine? Bingo. I mean, you, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, think about it. In our careers, we've never had a database of, at this point, 135 million, but I think any day they're going to tell us 150, 135 million people that we can sort through using certain keywords and not only see who they are and a nice resume about them, but also if any of our friends know them. I just think that's so, so cool. So as you know, a lot of my listeners are, are financial professionals. So, um, and something I've talked about before is that we're not quite yet at the point where people are actually prospecting on LinkedIn in the financial industry. Um, if, from that perspective, uh, maybe I'm jumping the gun here. Maybe we should go through sort of the, the process that you recommend throughout your book, uh, the, sort of the flow of how you get into LinkedIn if you're not on already. Um, but I, I'm just sort of curious to see like your perspective on, on what advisors can be doing because I, I know you're sort of thinking about that as well. Well, it's interesting. You said most financial professionals aren't prospecting. I got news for you. They are. I got three, fr- <laughs> I got three friends in town here that it might not have been the first time I talked to them about it or the first class of mine that they went to, but they are getting this now. I got one guy. I'll give you a perfect example. You know, he's in the 401k business, mm-hmm. right? And so he's going are, after he's going after companies trying to manage their plans. Yeah. yeah. So you know, his perfect person to meet is somebody like me, a CFO, mm-hmm. president of a company, uh, VP of finance, those kind of people who make the decisions on where they should who they should do their 401k stuff with. Well, my understanding is there's a list out there that you can get from the government about 401k plans mm-hmm. and the total dollars and who's the the trustees or whatever. Well, he uses that list and then dives uses those names and company names and drives into the advanced people, advanced company search on LinkedIn and finds out who in town know one of his friends probably know those people that he's trying to meet. He said, it's been unbelievable, Wayne. He said, because, you know, I know a lot of people in town, but I don't know everybody, but chances are the lot of people that I know already, somebody knows somebody at these companies because, you know, it's, Milwaukee's a fairly small town. And and so he's using that tool specifically for that. Another one in your industry is this. Another person I know that's in the 401k business, well, he uses the advanced people search to look for people that are departed from companies that are doing layoffs in town. So like he reads in the newspaper, let's say, for example, Harley-Davidson's letting a whole bunch of people go in town. Well, for most of us, we we were saddened by that. For him, he's happy because he can go into LinkedIn and find out who's leaving Harley-Davidson because they just changed their profile saying they're departing, and does he have any friends that know those people that are leaving? Because they're perfect candidates for a rollover, right? Yep. So those are two people right in your industry who, by using the advanced people searching and understanding the power, they're doing this I call it prospecting. It's prospecting because you're, you're, you're connecting the dots between I want to meet this person, but maybe I don't know somebody, but a friend of mine does. 
So are, are they once they identify that person? Right, so I guess the first stage is identification of the of the target. Are they then connecting to that person through LinkedIn, or are they are they using offline or other online channels to connect to that person? In in both cases, they're using the good old fashioned way, calling their friend on the phone and saying, "How well do you know this guy or gal?" Okay. So again, it's really just about the 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 power of the search. And yep, the, the power. And to me, LinkedIn's number one power is research. Okay. Giving you information about relationships. The relationship always existed, but you couldn't see who knew who. And secondly, information on people's profiles, that research can sometimes lead you into door openers, conversation starters, those kinds of things. You know, like we went to the same school together. Or I see our kids go to this church or, you know, that kind of stuff. Find some commonality, something to share. Yep, yep. So. It, for for a financial advisor that may you know sort of just on the edge of getting involved, they've read about LinkedIn. Maybe their their firm has sort of permitted them now to have a LinkedIn profile. Like, what's the first thing they should do to to start getting on on the on the network? Well, the first thing they should do is add a lot of connections. And 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 when I say a lot, I don't mean that you should go out and start adding a whole bunch of strangers. What I'm saying is most of us experienced business professionals have to 250 people that we would trust, people that we would call our network, get those two to 250, not only in your virtual network, but you got to get them into your LinkedIn network. So now you can find out who knows who. So that's the very first step. So search and find all the people that you know that are already on LinkedIn and get them to your first into your first level on LinkedIn. So you're sort of alluding to this debate, right? Like whether it's, it's better to go bigger or, or deeper. Um, where do you side on that? I mean, a lot of people say, you know, LinkedIn, it's, it's, it's great to have as many contacts as you have or only let people in. You sort of said, you know, really keep it sort of tight. Um, is it is there like a hard and fast rule there or is it sort of just nuanced? Well, it's interesting you bring that up, Zach, because that's the, that's the great debate. The great debate on LinkedIn is quantity over quality. And, and I mentioned quality so far in this conversation because you said what was the first thing they should do. Okay. Okay, so I see my book and my my beginning teaching teaches people that the network is designed for you to add the people you trust. As a matter of fact, right on the network statistic page, it says your network of trusted professionals. Hmm. So start with the fact that that's how the, the tool was designed. Now, that being said, once you get all those people in there, now if you're in business development after that point, you may want to start reaching out to people you'd like to know. There's nothing wrong with that. It, it, it's, a, it's a networking technique, just like it is when we go to an event tonight and we hope to meet five new people. We can meet them on LinkedIn. So, but if you decide to add strangers in, the very, in your early days of LinkedIn, it might frustrate you because you know, your friends might be getting spammed. You might get spammed from strangers. These are not people you trust. And if you have that kind of an experience early on, you might say, see, I knew this thing was crap. I should have never done it. And so my, my advice is early on, people you know, people you know, love, care about, would help if they called you, trust, right? If once you figure that out and get a few months under your belt, then start growing your network using LinkedIn with people that you'd like to know. So is a hard and fast rule? I think the hard and fast rule is early on, know them all. Later on, once you get to figure this thing out, grow your network because we all know in our belly, whether it was link before LinkedIn or during LinkedIn, Bigger networks are better than smaller. 
Awesome. So what, you spent an entire chapter talking about um, the power of your profile. Can you talk to me a little bit about that, how, how the profile functions as sort of your home base um, on sure. the network? And I'm going to start with, I, I understand, you know, your audience is dealing with things like FINRA mm -hmm. and also dealing with corporate policies that are a little, sometimes a little tougher than most industries that uh, professionals are in. So let's start with the fact that um, you, you're going to have to deal with uh, whatever your, your organization says you have to do. Okay, so start with your company policy. Um, and whatever they've defined the FINRA issues are relating to your profile. Because that's where FINRA really settles in is with profiles and with communications, not so much with that searching that we just talked about. Right. So putting, putting those aside and understanding those are the rules you've got to play with, don't let the rules themselves stop you from moving forward on working on your profile. I would say push it just right up to the edge of where the rules say you can do certain things. And here's what you've got to think about in your profile. The 35,000-foot view of your profile is, is this. Keywords, story, keywords, story, keyword, story. And what I mean by that is this is just a stupid search engine. It's looking for you. People are looking for you by using keywords. You have to make sure that your keywords are in your profile. Second part, once people find you because you had the right keywords, are you interesting? Did you tell enough stories there? Did you show experiences? And recommendations are tricky in your industry, but to the extent that you can get recommendations, I'd get them. And what's interesting about your industry is, well, I can't get recommendations from clients. And I'll ask the question to people. I say, well, okay, have you listed that you're involved on in the board of directors at some nonprofits in town? No. You are, right? Yeah, I am. I said, well, can you get a recommendation about that? Well, how would that help me? I said it would help because it shows you're a high-integrity, hardworking person. Right, it's a character it's a, reference. It's a character reference. So don't just, don't just go, well, I can't get recommendations from clients. Okay, great. Who else? How can you fill, get your profile so that it tells your story, right? Keyword story, keyword story. So um, it's just a matter of being creative and saying to, your, uh, saying to yourself, listen, if somebody lands on my profile, am I the person they will choose? So what I see happen a lot, and, and I'm not you know, knee-deep in this like you are, is, is a lot of professionals will come on, they'll put their profile up, they'll put some cursory information about themselves, maybe their education, maybe some job titles, but all that stuff, that richness of, of – story of text that you're describing now they leave out it's just names and dates you know and they do that because when they land on that profile for the first time since they haven't read a book like mine mm -hmm. or went to any training they think it says well it's just a resume i just loaded up a resume crap right and there's nothing wrong with resume crap the problem is it doesn't differentiate you so i'll tell you a perfect story the other guy day i met with a banker and i said tell me about yourself and he went on for about 10 minutes there's three banks in town and blah blah that was really a rich story right mm -hmm. so i get done i say you know what if i needed a banker i'd call you i said but i pulled out his profile i said you see this guy right here i held his profile in front of his face i said i'd never call this guy well why not that's me i said well you tell me and all he had on there was six years at his current bank and the college he went to I said, that's not interesting. I said, guys like you are a dime a dozen in town. I said, that's what's happening is people are using this to sort who are the people I want to do business with and people that I don't. And you may have a great story, but if you don't tell it, nobody knows it. That's great advice. That's a great story. Um, I'm going to use this as, and if it gets too personal, please push back. But in some way, you, you've taken this career that you've had. Um, you discovered LinkedIn, the power of LinkedIn, and now – 
I'm not saying you're transitioning out of your current career, but you've, you've found a different direction for yourself. And I think I've met a lot of people who are doing that with LinkedIn. It, it, it provides them a tool to sort of redefine themselves and take a new direction for their careers. And I know financial advisors, many who are either sick of the field or, or can't make a living are looking for new sources of income. And LinkedIn gives you the ability to sort of get out there and start you know, doing gigs. Uh, I myself have done that. I've become a writer. Um, as as well as a financial advisor, and I've landed you know six figure gigs for myself through the power of LinkedIn. Um, do you see that happening a lot with the people that you're you're consulting with and and, and readers of your book, or, or or do you still think LinkedIn is just a core tool to expand your current um, your current role? No, I think what's cool, very cool about this tool is that we can sort of set ourselves up with several passions and disciplines and expertises. And people can find us for those multiple things that we do. And you know what? I think this economy is a perfect economy for people to look in the mirror and go, maybe what I used to do for my whole career is not going to be there at the same income level that I've been used to for whatever reason. What else am I passionate about? What else do I think I could help people with? What other services can I do to provide to people so that maybe as I'm hitting this part of my career, I can actually have a, some fun doing some of the things that I'm passionate about. And what's nice is it's a, it's a resume on steroids. It, people can find you because of certain keywords, even if, even if you've never done that kind of stuff, but you're interested and your background says that you can. I, I totally agree with you. It's, it's, I think this is the tool where we're all going to be able to help re-engineer ourselves into sort of our next phase. You know, it gets me thinking of it. You said you put it really well is that um, I, I, I admit it. I haven't seen the movie before, but I just saw Up in the Air with George Clooney. I think it came out in 2009. I don't know if you saw that movie, but I did. I did. And, you know, he, he was sent in to lay people off at, at large, at large companies. And, you know, he didn't look at it necessarily as laying them off. He was giving the opportunity to set them adrift, whatever, you know, kind of gobbledygook yeah. that was. But in some way, you know, LinkedIn sets you free, you know. It gives you a place where you can use your, your voice, right? I mean, before we're sitting there, we'd be sitting at home going, okay, I'm going to shift my brand a little bit into some other new things. And, and who would hear you? And, and LinkedIn isn't the only one. All these social media tools help us have a voice that can be as strong and as loud as some of the big boys, whether that's in town doing similar things. I mean, I think about what, what's happened to me in four years, going from a guy who hated LinkedIn to a guy who's got the number one book on Amazon, and now that's I'm speaking. And cons- yeah, it's unbelievable. It could have never happened without all the social media tools. LinkedIn happens to be the one that business people like, and that's my space. Uh, but I do use Twitter, and I'm, I'm trying to branch out with uh, blogging and some of the other tools, but it's just personal brands can now get really revved up because we have a place where we can tell our stories. And you just nailed it because it is a personal brand. I don't think people necessarily, you know, we started talking about personal brands maybe in the late eighties, early nineties from a business point of view, but social media really makes those real where I have my place online where I'm distributing my information about myself, about my ideas, about my, I got I mean, my book published, you know, by blogging, you know, that's right. You know, I mean, the word personal brand didn't exist when our parents were in business and maybe even for most of my career, I'm 54 now, but why did have personal brands become so popular? And, and a word that everybody understands now is number one, we're going to have a lot more jobs. So it isn't about my 30 year career at this company. And number right. two, we have a place to put stuff where people can find us. Um, I'm willing to do this. Um, I don't know if you had a chance to see my uh, LinkedIn profile. 
or if you're I in didn't. front of the computer. Okay, so I won't do that. I won't put you on the spot, but I would love for you to poke holes in, in, in what mine was. Um, I thought that'd be an interesting uh, activity. Um, where where's the network going? So I when I first got onto LinkedIn, I was using it and I actually paid and I, I'd like to talk about this as well. There's there's a premium package for LinkedIn. Um I paid to get sort of, you know, what I would what are called in mails, direct emails to people mm-hmm. so I could reach them directly and not go through a third party through a network uh, contact. Um and I found that those were particularly well received like if I had sent a cold email to somebody outside the network, they wouldn't necessarily respond. But if I sent it through LinkedIn, I got a very good response rate. I'm still using it. I'm finding the response rate is not nearly as good as it used to be. Um, is there a reason to pay for the, the premium service? Uh, let me answer that in a second. But I will be willing to uh, poke a few holes in your profile when we get done with this question. That'd be great. It'd be a lot of fun. I got you. Up for on you. Okay. For you. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Uh, so the, the question about a paid account is this. Um, the paid account is good for certain people, for sure for recruiters, for sure for headhunters, mm-hmm. uh, HR people, and I would call them super sales guys, guys that sort of get this, because what you get on the paid account is a bunch of of features that you get more of the stuff you're already liking. Uh, in-mails is one of them. Mm-hmm. So um, I think sooner or later, more and more of us are going to be morphing over to the paid accounts because we are falling in love with a couple of the features and they do have some limitations on the free account. Now, I continue to use the free account myself. Part of that is a training um, desire that I can stand in front of people and tell everybody everything in my book is on the free account, everything that I teach is on the free account. Mm -hmm. But if I was not an author and trainer, I probably would have uh, moved over partly because of in-mails that you just mentioned because I do buy in-mails myself mm-hmm. uh, for the 10 bucks. Now uh, the, your audience should understand it's 10 bucks, but you get a, it. You get a seven day guarantee that if the person doesn't respond back, you get your money back. You get a credit. So it's essentially uh, so, in, in our parlance, it's it's like buying a lead for 10 bucks, but it's, it's yeah. a warm lead that you know everything about before you send it. And here's what, well, here's what I heard about any message that comes from uh, LinkedIn, call it a, uh, an in-mail, a, uh, an email that comes through just the fact that you're connected to somebody in a group or at the first level. Mm-hmm. Any email that comes through the LinkedIn system has a 30% higher open rate than a, than a straight cold call email. So to me, uh, that's powerful. Sure. I, I, and again, I, I, I don't necessarily have the data to back it. I just feel like the response rate is dropping for me. Um, there could be lots of other reasons for that as well. But um, I'm just curious, you know, if now that everybody's on LinkedIn, if it's sort of, you know, it became very noisy and people are. I think are one of the things that are, is happening is people are understanding the power of, let's say, groups and they're joining more groups and they don't realize that you can turn off all those communications of the mm. groups that you might not want to get hear from every day, yeah. then your your email gets stacked in with all those other emails that come from LinkedIn and you're right, it is a lot of noise. So um, do you want to go through and poke holes? I'm ready to, to be sure. your, to be your uh, Yeah, okay. Here you go, man. I hope so, you're picking your skin up. Before we start, let me, let me give the, the – the, first of all, I haven't updated <laughs> it in a while. And second of all, what you're seeing is – and it's clear from the profile – is a career in flux. I'm actually in the process of doing more and more freelance work and less um, you know, sort of employee work. So um, go ahead and, and kick me while oh, great. I'm down. And I just want to make sure we're already connected, and, and right now your headline says Head of Business Development at Covester, right? Yes. Okay, perfect. Okay, so I start off with your headline. All right, the headline is one of the most important little sections of real estate on your entire profile. And, uh, and I would when you say by headline, on, what do you mean by headline? 
Well, your headline right under your name says head of business development at Covester. Okay. The reason you want to work on that, Zach, is because that is one of the spots where LinkedIn has told us if you have your most important keywords, it will help you move up in the search. So from that so, perspective, you don't necessarily want your job title. You want to talk about um, what you're doing in your job more than your bingo. actual title? Okay. Bingo. Yep. And so you 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 already have – people are going to see that you're head of business development Colvester. Why do you want to waste – I use the word waste – your headline for that when it keyword searching and that's sort of your bumper sticker that travels around with you on LinkedIn, so make it be a little more descriptive. Because so, I would look at that and say, Colvester, what's Colvester, right? right? I would talk Biz about dev, what's well, that, a person really? yeah. solves solutions relating to financial planning, blah, blah, blah. Deal making. 401ks, yeah. yeah, right. Okay, that's great advice. Okay. And then on that very same point, um, headline and job titles are the two spots on your profile that LinkedIn, that you can get the biggest move in your search in your search engine optimization. So like when I see you're the head of business development at Covester, in parentheses after that, I would list the kind of products and services that you guys sell at Covester. Mm-hmm. Because that's going to help you. And if you notice, your job title is bolded for a reason. It's bolded because LinkedIn says, uh, hey, you might want to put some more words in there. I bolded it for you for a reason. Hit me over the head. Right. I'll get it at some point. Yeah, Yeah, right. So it's headline and job titles are really big. Now, one of the things I'd point out to you, on my website, thepowerformula.net, in the free, under resources free, I have a worksheet. That worksheet will help show you the buckets you should put your words in and even give you a, sort of like a little fill in the blank about the kinds of words you might think about. Because as much as it sounds n- normal for me to say, hey, what are your keywords, Zach? Most people don't get that. Right. You know, we're all learning this keyword thing. It's new for us, right? So so get get that resource and think about your keywords. Let me just scroll down and show you, tell you a few I'll, I'll put a link. I'll, I'll put a link up to that resource as well on our blog page. Great. Okay. Thank you. In your summary section, you're missing a big opportunity there. Here's the deal on the summary, Zach. It's meant to be your cover letter. It's meant to be your chance that if you're going to have a cup of coffee with somebody, what would you tell them? It shows up right after that blue box. That's why it's so critical that you sit there and you say, hey, have a cup of coffee with me. I'll tell you why I'm so different and why you should hire me or work with me or partner with me or whatever. And 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 remember, it's keywords as well there. But that this the summary should be much more about your story. It's two thousand characters, waiting for you to with a big open box, which scares people, by the way, because yeah. most people don't think they're very good writers, right? Yeah. But you can put bullet points and all that kind of stuff. You can do anything you can do in Word, and I suggest people they do it in Word. They spell check it and they paste it in here. So that's that's a missed opportunity. Specialties, which is right below that, mm-hmm. is 500 characters, and I call that your pantry full of keywords. <laughs> and you got a little of that going on. Yeah, but not but keep going. Yeah, keep going. You know. How how do you suggest uh, people like me? So I've got I'm balancing. I am the the I, I run business development at Covester, but I'm also um, an editor for a financial site, and I'm also a writer for another financial site. Like. If I'm doing all those things concurrently, I, I I know when I look at my LinkedIn profile, it's like just a jumble. And like, how, how do you deal with that? How do you even how do you even narrate that story if I'm working on so many different things? I just find it very confusing. Well, you got I got to start with this. I got to say, what what what's what are the most important things? What are your strategies for moving your profession 
forward. Okay. And once you tell me, well, the most important thing is this editor thing. Okay, great. Let's let's spend more time on the editor thing than the other things at this time, right? So look, if you look at my profile, I'm a furniture guy and a LinkedIn trainer. What's so interesting about that, a year and a half ago or two years ago before my book was come out, before we even thought about writing a book, mine was mostly furniture, a little bit of LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Now it's flip-flopped to mostly LinkedIn, a little bit of furniture. And that's why people, there's only so much space here, but you need to tell all your stories, but some may be toned way down because it's not where you're going right now. So, right. so here's, the, here's the point I ask people. Your profile should be loaded up with all your, your history. That's important. It establishes you as a credible expert. But it should be just as equally full with the going forward thoughts. Instead of looking back into, into your past. Yep. And because it looks like a resume, people stop at the going past, and then people read your profile and go, well, I see Zach does all this stuff. I don't even know what he's trying to accomplish. I don't know if I could help him if I could. That's great advice. Wayne, this this has been a fantastic – I'm sorry. Go ahead. I cut you off, Wayne. Yeah. So I was just going to point this out. You know, half my book is about your profile, and – the profile really should be about your going forward strategy and not just putting dates and times of all the stuff that you did in the past. I can't overemphasize the fact that you want the reader to read your profile and go, okay, I get what Zach's doing now. I could be a part of that or I couldn't. Wayne Breitbarth, he's the author of The Power Formula for LinkedIn Success, Kickstart Your Business, Brand, and Job Search. Thanks you so much, Wayne, for, uh, for spending some time with us today. You're welcome, Zach. It was my pleasure.